the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So a clip from the Joe Rogan Experience podcast is uh, making its way out there. I'm not sure that a two-minute clip of a Joe Rogan podcast is a fair summation of a three-hour podcast. Now, true confession, I've never listened to a single Joe Rogan podcast. Aaron, have you ever listened to an entire Joe Rogan podcast? Yes. Like three hours with Sanjay Gupta from CNN, the medical doctor? Not all of them are three hours, but his podcasts are long. Some are longer. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. And he does them every day, three, four hours a day. Um, but no, I didn't see the Gupta one. But yeah, I've seen quite a few. All right. So the Gupta podcast got headlines because uh, there are many of us. I'm one of them who uh, has not been vaccinated. And I put my faith in the natural antibodies or my own health and my ability to recover from COVID. I know many people have died from COVID. I had COVID. I recovered. It was not a big deal for me if I if there was no COVID, I would have just thought, yeah, I didn't feel great yesterday. But I know I have the antibodies because I had a physical in February. My doctor told me I had them. So the point Joe Rogan makes in this little clip, it's two minutes, with Sanjay Gupta. Gupta, I, I give him credit for, A, going on the podcast. Because I read his account of it on CNN. Sanjay Gupta wrote this account of it on CNN. Why did I go into the lion's den with Joe Rogan? I think Anthony Fauci is a ill-intentioned political hack. I think Rochelle Walensky is an ill-intentioned political hack. I think they are both liars. I think they are both purposeful liars. Francis Collins, outgoing director of the National Institute of Health, I think he is a willing liar on COVID things. I don't know everything Sanjay Gupta said, but two things he's done tell me that he really does prioritize being down the middle on this. One is the fact that he's the only person who could ever get close enough to Anthony Fauci to ask him about natural immunity. What about natural immunity? Why do you discount natural immunity? Why is natural immunity never mentioned? And Fauci gave the incredible answer well more than a year after the pandemic hit, Anthony Fauci goes, well, it's a really good question, Sanjay. We'll have to look into that. We'll have to, we'll have to get an answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. Incredible. So that's one thing Sanjay Gupta did. The other is he went on the Joe Rogan podcast. You don't go on that podcast and expect a victory lap. You notice Fauci's not going on that podcast. So... Here's where Joe Rogan tried to make Sanjay Gupta understand 
the hesitancy some parents have for vaccinating their kids given the very small risk of COVID statistically to kids. A risk that Joe Rogan tried to get Gupta to understand is essentially the same statistical risk that Gupta himself faces as a twice-vaccinated person. Don't you think that even with a breakthrough infection, untreated, you're probably more vulnerable than the average child who is not vaccinated who gets COVID? Uh, like, like people have died who are double vaccinated. In fact, there was a guy who just won an Emmy. Who's, uh, who's yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the odds of that happening to a healthy child are very, very low. Very low. But that guy is probably your age. How old are you? I'm 51. Yeah, he's about your age. Theoretically, you would be more vulnerable than a young child would be. You vaccinated with breakthrough infection than a young child would be, statistically speaking, right? Uh, but you're not worried about both catching, rare. But you're not worried about catching it. You're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you think it imparts a certain amount of protection. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying to you is I think that not worry is the same feeling that a lot of people have about their children. They're not worried about their healthy children catching it for the same reason you're not worried about catching it being vaccinated. That if treated correctly, they think that the child probably has a better chance even than you do because you're 51 years old. I I think... Does that... I mean, they're they're both. That seems reasonable, right? Well, I think it's. I don't. I I, I know the story but about you, this fifty-three-year-old guy. You see guy. what I'm saying? Like with your well, attitude, that you're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you're a healthy guy. I'm, that is the exact same feeling that people have about vaccinating their children. If they have healthy children and they know that statistically speaking, there's so few children that have died from COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there, there are. It's like I think 500 or so children. Out of have died millions from, and millions and millions of kids. That probably have been exposed. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, it's again, part of it is, is not defining this in terms of life and death. Um, I think but do you some, understand my point? Well, are you suggesting I get boosted? No, I'm not say? saying that. What I'm saying is your attitude about not being concerned because you have antibodies and you think you would get through it even if you had a breakthrough infection, that is the exact same attitude that a lot of young people have where they don't want to get a shot because they're worried about the consequences, even though they're incredibly small. Consequences of the vaccine. Of the vaccine. Incredibly small. But the VAERS report, they do have deaths. Yeah, they do. And I would say it's quite common for people now to have an anecdotal knowledge or experience of someone who had a very poor reaction to the vaccine. I was chatting with uh, two young ladies the other night whose father got the J&J &J vaccine. And they said he had got it months ago. He's not the same. He's, can, he's bent over. He uh, can hardly walk. Look, I get it. Statistically, that's not significant. Anecdotally, that's very significant because this is someone I know. And the point Rogan is making is a very good point in that if you're going to look at it, they always say, follow the science, follow the science, follow the numbers. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, what do the numbers say? The numbers say that young men are more apt to have myocarditis from a vaccine than they are to get uh, serious results from COVID or long-term COVID. Well, why would you take the risk of myocarditis? If the risk is the greater for myocarditis than it is of COVID killing you or giving you some long-term health consequence, 
you say, well, I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going to take the one that has the lower risk to me, which is not getting vaccinated and seeing if I get or survive COVID. That's the point he's trying to make to Sanjay Gupta. And Sanjay Gupta's point, and this is such, this is why we can't get past COVID. We must have zero COVID, right? We went from a very healthy, real acknowledgement in the beginning of, hey, this thing's really contagious and everybody's going to get it. So let's be careful in the beginning and not go to high school sporting events, high school plays, restaurants, bars. Let's flatten the curve. It wasn't let's eliminate the curve. The curve is like the rate of infection and everybody under the curve gets COVID. Let's flatten the curve. Let's stretch out the amount of time that it takes for everybody to get COVID so our hospital systems don't get overwhelmed. But we've given up at some point in time, somewhere in the early fall of 2020 or middle of the summer of 2020, we went from everybody's going to get it, let's make it so our hospital systems don't get overwhelmed. We went to not flatten the curve, let's eliminate Everybody under the curve. Nobody can get it. Nobody can test positive. Right now, we don't ever get upfront headline numbers, hospitalizations, ICUs, deaths. The only number you get now are infections because nobody's allowed to get it, even though it's highly survivable. And that's why they're pushing the vaccine so they think nobody will get it, even though the numbers say, as Rogan told Gupta, people are dying who've been vaccinated twice. And that's why it's so maddening. I'll go back to this again. I led the show with it. It's so maddening that Bob Cup and the House Republicans, a supermajority in the General Assembly, had the chance to pass an anti-vaccine mandate bill to keep Joe Biden from foisting his oppressive, if you have 100 employees or more, you must be vaccinated. Notice that has not been formally issued yet by OSHA. They know they can't win that constitutionally. So I don't know if they're ever even going to bother issuing it. But Biden made the announcement to pressure companies to do it because, oh, well, the president says we got to do it. I don't want to be sideways with the feds, so we're going to do it in advance of the feds actually doing it. Trouble is the feds aren't going to really do it. So if Bob Cup and the Senate House House rather House Republicans, I know some of you want to eliminate natural immunity from the bill. I know some of you want everybody to have an exemption, and some of you are okay with hospitals being required to have their employees or requiring their employees to get the vaccine. I know you got your little favorite things you each want to put in there. But yesterday you couldn't pass this out of the House. And now Bob Cup says, well, we're done. We're moving on. There other things to do. More important things to do. And who's happy about this? The Democrats. The Democrats. So you're doing the work of Democrats because you can't come together. You can't build a consensus. You can't compromise. And you can't protect the citizens of Ohio. Which that's your job. How about you lead? How about you Network. How about you form coalition, Bob Cup? Yeah, I know. It's not all your fault. You know what? You want the speaker's role? You get named. It's on you. Bad, bad, 
bad behavior by House Republicans. I'm disappointed in all of them that they couldn't come together and figure this out. So, you know, you might face that decision that Rogan and Gupta are arguing about because your state legislature had a chance and didn't protect you. So we had author Vody Bauckham on the show uh, recently, and Vody is a pastor, and he is the author of Fault Lines, which is about the coming crisis in evangelical Christianity with social justice. Uh, one of Vody's favorite sayings is, uh, everything is racist. Vody's black, so he can get away with saying that. But it is uh, a little humorous how everything is portrayed as race, including Halloween. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Halloween is racist. Uh, Seattle has canceled. A Seattle school district has canceled its Halloween-themed parade at school because it, quote, marginalizes people of color. Uh, They have done the pumpkin parade at Benjamin Franklin Elementary School, (laughs) elementary school, for five years. Uh, But they have nixed it this year. On the advice of the school's racial equity team. Uh, why? Uh, historically, a release from the district said, the pumpkin parade marginalizes students of color who do not celebrate the holiday. In alliance with the Seattle Public Schools' unwavering commitment to students of color, specifically African-American males, the staff is committed to supplanting the pumpkin parade with a more inclusive and educational opportunity during the school day. Um, first of all, that statement itself is misogynistic. In alliance with the SPS's unwavering commitment to students of color, specifically African-American males, why not African-American females? Why not all females? You can't be misogynistic when you're trying not to be racist. Although it is increasingly difficult not to be either or both. Uh, the Release continued, Halloween events create a situation where some students must be excluded for their beliefs, financial status, or life experience. Costume parties often become an uncomfortable event for many children, and they distract students and staff from learning. Well, welcome to school, my friend, where some kids wear Nikes and some kids wear shoes from Walmart. And that is just how it is, because not everybody, hard as the Biden administration would love to make it that way, has the exact same income. Uh, Their statement continued, large events create changes in schedules with loud noise levels and crowds. Some students experience overstimulation, while others must deal with complex feelings of exclusion. It's uncomfortable and upsetting for kids. So how would this be any different than, say, Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah or Kwanzaa or some other cultural thing. Not everybody's a part of those celebrations either. And you don't cancel them. Give them time, Bruce. Give them time. Now, keeping with our theme that everything is racist, did you know that real estate is racist? Yes, real estate in the state of Ohio right here in our own backyard. According to the State House News Bureau, an organization of mostly Democratic suburban women, watch out, watch out for them, is trying to push the real estate industry to change its approach to Ohio politics. 
The name of this woke organization is Red, Wine, and Blue. They went to the Ohio Realtors Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Summit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Silly me. I thought real estate was about a property in a good area, value, price, timing, maybe the home tour. I can't imagine that there's a need for an agenda on diversity, equity, or inclusion grounds that would play more into real estate. I mean, if you care about who you're buying a home from or who's buying a home from you, the only color I care about if I'm selling a home is that it's a wash in green, as in cash. Instead, they brought a letter to this Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Ohio Realtors Summit signed by 380 women asking the realtors to denounce two bills that could limit teaching on racism and public policy. This is what we talked about earlier. The bill on banning CRT in schools, it's House Bill 3-something. We'll have John Stover of the Ohio Value Voters on tomorrow to talk about that. He's a supporter of it, as am I. The Ohio Education Association yesterday passed a resolution to get rid of the CRT agenda and put it under a bigger, broader umbrella that condemns any teaching that seek to divide. Now, these these 380 suburban women want to divide based upon race, and they are asking the realtors to stop financially supporting Republican state lawmakers backing those two education bills. Well, of course they are. They're probably horrible, terrible, awful people. I always try to end the show on an uplifting note. And I'm glad, no, I'm not glad, I'm sarcastically not glad, to report that the citizens of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, are safe from the pastoral messages of Arthur Pawlowski for the next 18 months. Yes, here, America, have a glimpse into your future. Remember Arthur Pawlowski? He was the pastor in Canada who, when... The Canadian cops showed up at his church on Easter. He said, get out of here, you Nazis. Because he wasn't wearing a mask. They wanted him to wear a mask. He was like, get out of here. It's a house of worship. Get out of here. He ordered him out of there. A couple weeks later, he's driving home from his church. They arrest him on the freeway on a rainy day, bounce him around, throw him in the paddy wagon. He gets charged with violating health orders, well, here's the dispensation of that case. He's been fined $23,000 and placed on 18 months probation, convicted of contempt for violating Alberta's COVID-19 safety protocols. A pastor who the state, and by that I mean the government, of Canada says cannot be a pastor for the next 18 months because he wanted to hold and did hold church services without a mask during the pandemic. 
It's coming here. I'm telling you, it's coming here. It's certainly possible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.